everyone. A very, very warm welcome to all of you on an episode of The Climate Stand by The Final Stand. We have with us today Shalini Prem, who is the current president of The Final Stand. And um, I will also be there uh, in this podcast. My name is Isha, and I was the president of The Final Stand last year. So Shalini, um, tell me something about your tenure as what have you learned in your experiences over the last one year that you've been at the helm of things and how has it been for you? Hi everyone. Thank you, Isha. Um, I think the last year has been quite exciting. We've grown, we've actually had to transition from the online sort of um, mode of like university and yeah. how we engage with each other to an offline mode. Uh, because with us all back on campus, or at least a lot of us back on campus now. And I think that's also been quite exciting because it's been really great to meet all of you. And after so long, like for in, like Isha and I, we've known each other for like two years. Quite some time. Like for two and we've been like sort of working together. But we only just met each other about like a month ago. Right. So, but it's also been quite great because... We've been able to um, meet and talk about uh, our shared interest, which is climate change. Yeah. And that what, everything that I sort of like learned initially was from you uh, and your <laughs> thank you, like your tenure. And uh, yeah, and I think we sort of just built on it. And I'm really excited by how much we've grown and the yeah. sort of projects we've undertaken now and we're sort of that are ongoing as well. And I think we have a great team and anything furthers climate change i think even in like a minute or a tiny way is a win absolutely like even the smallest of things matter right and uh, so what are the kind of projects that you're taking up this time because i see a lot i i believe we have a lot of collaborations with different organizations we are hosting drafting workshops and so on so would you like to talk a little bit about that yeah um and so what we've done, so we've sort of like increased the mandate of what we usually yeah. do. And especially like, I think you can shed more light on this from what, when at least when I joined yeah. TFS was the primary focus of our sort of initiative was to create a legislation, right. which we're now in charge of yeah. and, um, sort of working towards. Um, and how from, from that we've sort of like expanded and right now we do multiple we look into multiple sort of avenues in terms of advocacy uh and uh legal um sort of legal representation and and help and editorial work with our blog so all these are like so we've sort of to enhance the skill of uh all the members and like students who, who like work with us and along like alongside us towards this cause we thought we needed to have more workshops that sort of empower to not only be better activists, but also better people, right? And And just generally better lawyers, people who understand the uh, the terminology, the science of climate change, right? Because that's the thing. Like people, a lot of people that I see, they, they know it's getting hotter. They know there's something wrong with the climate. They know that the frequency of extreme climate events have changed, but they don't really understand why. And I feel it's really important because if people don't know the reason and the science behind why all of this is happening, if they don't understand the root cause, I think they cannot advocate effectively for its mitigation and adaptation and so on, right? So I and and like that's really interesting. And also, what I really like about this one new thing that you have started is you're actually holding workshops for uh, like legal writing and drafting, and that's just so important because uh, you know a lot of 
because for example like last year when we tried drafting um, sort of a response against the 2020 eia regulations and i think a lot of people didn't quite understand how to go about it but now i see when we take up more projects like people they, they know what to do they know what to write and um, so even if they're not at some point doing it as part of tfs they can you know take up independent projects as well or maybe Uh, reach out to the Ministry of Environment if they feel that there's a new notification that's come out that's not exactly right. We can do this independently as well, right? In the capacity of students or just as citizens, and I think that's amazing. Exactly, like yeah. the very like sort of at the crux of the holding workshops was for us to empower people who may not necessarily be lawyers, who may not necessarily right. be policy makers and drafters, right? So this, especially the policy drafting workshop, was significant because. especially given our goals like i think uh, which is drafting a legislation policy is very in, like inherent and is very important for people to actually demand for change at a more um, national or international like more at a more like like national and yeah. international yeah. at like a macro level yeah <laughs> um so yeah, but uh, you should like love for you to talk more about how the vision of like tfs um, sort of also progressed right legislation and yeah. how far we've come from what was i don't know maybe a pipe dream initially yeah. when it began yeah so the thing is uh, when i was in my first year then we had a senior webavi who uh, first started the final stand along with sahas and um, juhi and namrata and like a lot of other people as well so these were like the original ones who were there and um, well of course their goal uh, initially was to just make a legislation a climate change le- legislation for india and that that's how we started but i think uh, after webby we left so has sort of like expanded it a little bit more um he included more teams in it and then of course after you and i came in uh, especially after sahas is leaving um, there was a lot more uh, diversification we uh, took up the eia cause and uh, we also had like a proper legal drafting team we sent out a lot of rtis and, and so on and so forth and now of course we're doing a lot more we have the gports fellowship we are um, also uh, you know i mean there there are a lot of teams so there's a lot um but tell me what i really want to know from you is how do you think like doing anything for like specifically for climate change how is it different from say the, a similar experience that any other activist might have in any other country do, do you think it has its own special challenges like i think definitely maybe not like climate change in terms of like countries like you just said right yeah. it differs based on any sort of activism not just climate activism maybe would very much depend on the context in the context of which it's occurring right like for instance for india how climate change impacts our country and even within our country it has such differential sort of impact right? right and how that and that sort of significantly differs from how it affects let's say other western countries or yeah. even like our neighboring countries but maybe Absolutely. we have more similarities with our neighboring countries but it it sort of is completely we have very different vulnerabilities we have very different sort of cultures activities sort of underlying factors that influence what how climate change affects us and i think our activism sort of needs to take that into account and uh, be more directed towards addressing issues at our own levels and like what about you though how yeah so the thing is um of course the issue of climate change is one 
which has largely been caused by the countries of the global north, right? And uh, India is a country, even though we haven't contributed as much, but we are the ones who will be facing uh, a disproportionate amount of its impact, specifically northwestern India and Pakistan. This is like a very highly vulnerable region. The Himalayas are, which is known as the third pole of the world, which, which the rivers, the Himalayan rivers, feed more than 3 billion people in the world, right? And um, and, and this is one of the most, uh, along with the Arctic, it's, it's one of the most vulnerable regions. It's warming very, very fast. And uh, there's so many cities along our coastline, along the uh, southern peninsula, which will be underwater, along with sea level rise. So obviously we are, we're a highly vulnerable country. And and I mean, already it's April yeah, and, the, exactly. and the temperature is what, 45 degrees Celsius. Yeah. So it's, it's crazy, Insane. right? Yeah, so, but then again, the issue is that Okay, fine, even though we're not responsible for the problem, but because we're gonna face so all of these impacts, we, I mean, for our own sake, if not for anybody else, we have a responsibility to ensure that we don't contribute more to it. That is my personal opinion. Although some people might think differently, they might think that it's important, like coal, for example, it's important to invest in it because we, it's a very developing country, we need power and so on, but I think differently. I think right now, because solar is again, um, becoming cheaper and it's it has I think officially become a cheaper source of power than even coal so it's I mean we have the technology we have the the market is sort of conducive right now for making the transition but I also like like well I completely agree with you I also believe that there are multiple sort of political factors that are like yeah. inherent in yeah. the issue especially in terms of like you just said as a global like south country yeah. or like to be like an emerging yeah. economy uh, as India is even at least in the context of our country it, it gets a little more complicated than us just automatically trying to reduce um, yeah. emissions because of the fact that historically, like you just pointed out, historically, most of the emissions have come out from right. like the global north to right. just home. But you know, Shalini, I feel that uh, even within India, there are so many disparities because um, it's not a very straightforward debate. Like, for example, exactly. in, yeah, in the country, um, the people who consume the most amount of power are centers of like economic powerhouses and yeah. so on, um, they are dominated by, you know, certain economic groups, certain caste groups yeah. and so on. And, um, you know, these people, they have, like, although it's true that, uh, I mean, as a, in a manner of speaking, they might face the consequences of climate change. Like, if there's a flood in Bombay, people, like, everybody gets affected. But the fact is, people who, who don't have the resources, people who are economically, who come from economically weaker sections or from uh, marginalized sections, I think, they are the ones who, again, will be disproportionately impacted. For example, if it's very hot today, we can sit in an AC, like a conditioned room, right? Um, somebody who's in a nearby village who live in a kacha house and, 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 and they can't, right? And, and they have to they have to live with it. Definitely. So something interesting that I sort of read, like maybe we don't have to like delve into it, yeah. uh, just like the food out, was um, that how climate change, even the narrative of climate change is so intrinsically now linked with human rights in the sense that human beings, including like maybe even us, right, do not uh, sort of want to address climate change for the sake of it being climate change. But the, yeah. by the very fact that it is unfortunately selfishly, oh, we as humans are going to be affected by it, which is why we need to address it right now. So that's also a narrative that sort of parallelly runs and is also predominantly becoming coming into the mainstream so interesting that you mentioned that because a lot like when I was working on the legislations I was going through different uh, countries uh, 
uh, that have come out of these sort of legislations. And it's interesting because um, I know, and I'm sure there they might be more as well, but I think the Democrats in um, America, they released a sort of like this big uh, vision document, I think. And um, a big part of the, of the climate mitigation and an adaptation plan is that they really want to transition to an economy that is, of course, that's more focused on renewable energy and but also at the same time that is just that is equitable that is sustainable right and it's i mean shalini if you look at it like yeah. in in all parts of the world it's ultimately the the marginalized groups yeah. the ones who have always been pushed on the sides who face the disproportionate um, impact so for example if we are in india if you're mining coal right from some mine in jharkhand or chhattisgarh or so on it's the adivasis right who who um, who are going to be displaced, and whether or not they get the right amount of compensation is well, it's again a big, a big question mark, right? If there's a community that's getting displaced because of a dam, then they have no way to go, right? They have to either migrate to cities as, as uh, you know, daily wage workers, and 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 so on. And even in America, like it's sort of the black population which has always uh, been facing uh, the the brunt of it, like the sort of the ugly side of progress and development. Exactly. Yeah. No, I, agree. I would just like sort of try to highlight that the, it's like the issue of climate change and its intersections are so complex and um, so multidimensional for instance, like how do we, should we separate uh, human rights from climate change? Yeah, uh, but should um, again, should human rights become the central focus for why we are fighting for climate change and not mm -hmm. the fact that climate change is a cause by itself yeah. again right so again they're intrinsically linked you can't have maybe maybe you can't have one without the other but this whole narrative like where is human rights sort of dominant this is just like a good for the i'm i'm just like sort of playing the this is something i read and i thought it was quite interesting to have like a discussion on it like maybe not yeah. entirely today because i don't know if i don't think it will ever come to an end but also um there's another thing uh, like the whole Debate about anthropocentrism and all of that because I mean, um, look, if you want to solve climate change just because it's it's a humanitarian issue now, yeah. uh, well, that's fair enough, right? But also, yeah, but also, it's also linked to like an ecological breakdown because yeah. there are a lot of species that that are going to go extinct, right? And if, if things are not sorted out soon. And um, like another issue, uh, like when we focus on climate change, of course, the warming of the planet is the, it, it's the it, the predominant issue that's of our times. It, it's going to get serious as we go on. But um, it's not the only serious issue out there. Like just the complete breakdown of ecosystems. And there's so many species that are going extinct at a rapid pace. Some scientists estimate that we've actually entered the sixth extinction. There's so many insects. The insect population has been consistently falling since the 1980s. Um, and I think by some estimates, I mean, around 50 to 60% of insect populations have declined. And I don't know, I mean, if, um, if you're not able to control that, who knows what the consequences might be? Because if we lose pollinators, we're not going to be able to grow crops. We're not going to be able to, you know, grow plants and, and so on. So, yeah. So, like, Isha, obviously, one way to sort of address climate change is through, like, policy, policy making. Yeah. And so how has your, like, sort of experience been drafting legislations? And what do you think, uh, how would you say a legislation might help um, sort yeah. of address climate change? Right. Well, the recent legislation 
with him is because it's again a framework. It's you 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 you're putting it into law, right? Um, and that's something uh, like we don't have a law right now. If you want to control crime, you say okay, so and in some if you 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 know something, you you sort of penalize it. You you put certain uh, like criminal sanctions on it. And I think so. The same thing is with climate change, right? If you want to control it, if you want certain um, a legislation is basically an action plan that is that is legalized. It's put into law, and uh, and and right and and we are and it's sort of like an indication by the government as well that okay they're serious about it they're going to uh, set up a climate change mitigation and adaptation authority that's one of the primary uh, sort of goals uh, of the legislation that uh, we have drafted and uh, and i mean that 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 is sort of going to act as uh, an apex authority for setting out like goals and and uh, mitigation targets and so on and so forth and um, yeah and like i also believe that we should even when we are like going ahead with like the legislation and like posing it idea hopefully yeah. <laughs> uh, we should also like try to and how important do you think is like multi stakeholder engagement in the sense that yeah. that is something we are constantly like uh, concerned about even with yeah. the finance and everything we do. I, i think it's absolutely important because as you've seen in the past as well laws where with, with of course the agricultural bills as well that were later uh, take uh, that the government later revoked um you know if you don't involve as many stakeholders as possible you're not going to get a law that is comprehensive in in, in its scope and um and that's going to have like a lot of negative ramifications later on because you're not listening to the people right and especially for something like climate change which has so many aspects like sociological economic and uh, humanitarian like you just mentioned so um it, it's really important to involve as many people as possible and not just by stakeholders i don't mean you know like law firms or industry leaders or you know a fiki and all of that by stakeholders i mean like everyday people you know farmers uh or uh, uh, you, you know people who like like just even teachers school children right uh, everybody in fact and uh, because this is a problem that we all have to face today uh, like together and um, it's interesting because i don't think something like a problem like climate change has has not been faced by humanity ever right like like the, mo- the most of the issues that we've tackled in the past are either like the the most serious issues are either okay there's a fascist fascist ruler in place how do we get rid of this person okay there's a slave trade going on how do we sort of stop it or the society is very unequal and unjust how do we go about creating like a more uh, e- you know equal sort of uh, system but like the fact that okay the planet is is good is going to get uh, seriously is well going to shit please pardon my french yeah so how do we go about that and yeah. uh, like, yeah. actually something that i really wanted to ask you was also as like like you said yeah. uh, sometimes it does feel like there is a lot of like helplessness and uh, like a loss of hope right mm-hmm. on a few certain days where with climate change i think yeah. that's sort of i think every i think every climate activist sort of experiences that so how do you say so first why did you choose to be a part of like a climate change initiative and how did you yeah. sort of how do you sort of like overcome that helplessness and loss well, of- you want to act in the first place because you feel helpless and and you feel a pessimistic about things and and honestly the only way to alleviate that is to 
be a part of something because then you're a part of a community where you feel that okay if you're working towards something um then you know then may, there's a hope that maybe you can change things someday and while of course none of us are um, you know mahatma gandhi or martin luther king and and you know we might not be able to like sort of bring a revolution or, or something of that sort i mean yeah of course but but the thing is at least you know in your heart of hearts that you're doing something that 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 you're not giving up yeah. right and sometimes i mean even educating people can make a big change because you never know who what the the domino effect might be and um, yeah i think the the only remedy for that sort of hopelessness that you're talking about is to just you know go out there you know, be a part of join join a group you know join a community and really just you know talk to uh, talk about time change with your friends to your parents to your relatives educate people about it educate the didis the bhaiyas who you see around yourself and um, i guess that that's that's the only thing and you know in my heart of hearts i genuinely feel that we will solve it someday because i mean humanity and life in general is is very tenacious it's very resilient and um, and i mean yeah we're at a time in history where people are educated where you know even even from marginalized groups there is so much resistance and there's so much just um, yeah i mean there's i don't know how to put it into words but there is cause of cause for hope and i think we we'll, yeah definitely what about you what do you feel about it me uh, so i I completely agree. I think um, that for me personally, even when I joined the final standings, because um, I was, I think I was just scrolling through um, Instagram or something, and I, I came across like a lot of climate um, news yeah. that was really making me sort of disappointed about not taking any action myself and just being like a spectator, uh, spectator at the end of it, right? Yeah. So, which is why I sort of joined the yeah. final stand, and it. I on days when we like sort of feel. like helpless i think that's when community sort of comes into the picture Absolutely. when you see people around you still having that drive still having that hope that someday um that not someday but in the near future yeah we are going to be able to um achieve the targets and goals that we've sort of set for us as a collective humanity yeah. mind the intersections yeah. and um sort of uh, yeah. other political multidisciplinary factors that play in um is yeah is something that definitely sort of helps me again get up where my and uh work towards it so shalini so there's one issue that i've always grappled with you know being a part of a college which is where people from a very very thin socio economic strata come from right and uh, sometimes i feel if if you're really doing i mean if you're really reaching out to the masses if whether you know the work that we are doing is it really going to make a difference in the life of the average indian who who doesn't speak english who comes from say some small village in the sundarbans or maybe some or somewhere you know who has a piece of who does terrace farming in the himalayas right and i mean how about i mean has a student organization how can we reach out to these people how can we tell their stories to them and ensure that 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 the people who in in policy circles you know who can do something about it uh, they hear these voices and and they actually take them into account while forming these policies and legislations and so on yeah no completely i completely agree with you that i think is an issue even i grapple with like every day yeah. right when we sort of like think about the work that we want to do who are we really serving yeah. right who are we really trying to help or be helpful to yeah. and in that sense i think one maybe one way in which we can get the voices of people that 
whose voices are never heard to the people who need to hear their voices is for us to actually let hear, provide a channel for them to sort of get their voices there yeah, right exactly you know we can act as a medium for that exactly. yeah like i wouldn't also say that we get there we hear what they have to say and then say it for them because that's that, that completely defeats the purpose of us their voices being heard yeah. right so i think the best thing we could probably do at least is at least now is to try to provide that medium to try to be that connecting factor between people whose voices are not heard and use our privilege to sort of help their voices be heard and yeah. not and very importantly not speak for them because i think that's something yeah. we stressed out with we still do i'm sure and you know, because we haven't lived through those experiences and you know it it'll be a mistake to think that that we, we that we know what you know what, the, what people's problems are and again like the same thing that you mentioned that how do we have sort of multi stakeholder engagement and so on because uh, it's important to speak to people right otherwise you can't sort of make assumptions it, it's 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 very arrogant and and i think it goes yeah, back to do that first, like sort of the how we started off this conversation with about about climate activism or our climate activism being more centered to our culture cultural context and exactly. actually the context of our own country and also how diverse our country is and to somehow use uh get the voices that that apart from us and the voices that are often heard in mainstream uh sort of conversations and discussions to be heard and i think that's something that we really need to sort of um yeah keep working towards shall be my final question to you is <laughs> thing is climate change is not uh, something which is discussed at all in the mainstream media you open like either you know channels in vernacular languages or in english or in hindi or whatever and um, nobody is talking about yeah. it people are either talking about like the right now for example the war in ukraine or they are talking about i don't know i mean i don't but really it's the war in ukraine itself right i don't think people are talking about like it is important right yeah. it's, it's a very important yeah. discussion Um, yeah. but nobody is also talking about the environmental impacts that yeah, absolutely but yeah the reason i mentioned the war in ukraine is because of course it's an important issue but i mean in india i mean my point was that we're not discussing issues that like over the course of last several years actually you know issues that really affect the common man are, are not being discussed right and we're not ha- i i don't think we're having constructive debates and uh, least of all about climate change right and of course because the mainstream media is not discussing it it's it you know more often than not not an election issue it's politicians don't really bother with it and of course the civil society most civil society groups are also not i don't know i mean i just feel that we're not doing enough we're not talking about climate change enough even though most of the problems that we're facing are some some in some other way can be linked to it so how do you think we remedy that and and is there anything that we can do really as a student organization i think what we can at best do is again improve climate literacy right to help people understand what climate change is and that everything that like you said that's happening around us is also influenced by climate change for instance it's so hot today Absolutely. right we have for, it's april and 45 degrees yeah yeah while people understand or say oh it's so hot today it's getting hotter by the day i don't like i think people fail to sometimes recognize that why or ask the question why is it so hot today how has climate change sort of influenced the yeah. heat patterns in the country similarly for wars also climate change of has a tremendous potential and often does 
influence and influence and also cause conflicts absolutely the war in syria like yeah. the middle east is is of course i think there was a drought a couple of years ago and um, that then led to a chain of events that eventually led to the the exodus of several communities to the refugee crisis that exactly. um, developed right yeah. yeah so i think at best what or not at best but at least where we can start yeah. is by if the mainstream media is not talking about it at least we should yeah. right yeah. use our platforms use our the people we know and even if the more we talk to the people we know the people we talk uh, know talk to the people yeah. they know and, and not just like sorry not just like each other yeah. but also the bhaiyas and didis and people who you meet on a daily basis just like talk to them generally yeah. about what climate change is and or like understand whether what they think climate change is right and like or how it affects their own lives and i think this again goes back right voices and and i feel like uh, you know there is reason for hope there is because first of all ecosystems re- regenerate very fast and secondly um the common people are also concerned about the environment somewhere or the other everybody is people know that planting trees is important people everybody wants to have sort of you know uh, uh, like have your cooler days or or just uh, you, you, nobody wants to willingly breathe bad polluted air nobody wants to i don't know just like go have a have a bad just like be a, a victim of sweltering heat and and heat waves and so on and like you said i think even if, sometimes the smallest of things make a difference like you said you were inspired to join tfs and to work for climate advocacy because you read something on instagram so hopefully somebody uh, you know read something on on uh, the social media pages that we have or or uh, they come to one of our talks and who knows yeah. even they might start their own thing and yeah. that's the goal right i yeah. think it's not just me it's it's not about how many people we reach but at least we reach somebody exactly. and i think exactly. that's what is important yeah. Yeah. I think this like thank you so much Isha for like joining. Yeah, I think it's been a great conversation. Absolutely. And I think we will continue to keep working towards it. Yeah. And yeah. And to those of you who are listening this podcast, uh thank you so much for giving us your time. Um and um like we like it was the theme of this conversation as well. It's very important to talk to people about climate change about environmental degradation because uh, it's going to determine the course of our species and uh, of the countless species that inhabit our planet for the next several hundred years so talk to people about it and and you know just like do whatever you can in your capacity because even the smallest of you know efforts and initiatives can go on to have uh, go on to make a lot of difference so thank you so much and uh, bye bye everyone <laughs>